0: This is a podcast where you don't have to be perfect. You can be happy. Make your day count. Encouraging, uplifting, full of joy. You're worth more than you think. This is Entirely Unconventional, and I'm Lindsay Roberts. I pray for something miraculous to happen to you today. Hi, everybody. I'm Lindsay Roberts, and I invite you to Entirely Unconventional. I hope you love this podcast as much as I have fun doing it, and I pray it's a blessing to you. Today, I really have... A message on my heart that I pray really resonates with where you're at today. I call it the fashion police dress for success the fashion police dress for success came out of a goofy story that my daughters and i were in a store one day and we looked over and there was this i guess you'd call him a security guard he was dressed i mean he was dressed for success we were very intimidated by him he was in a blue uniform he may have actually been a police officer and it was really unusual to see him in the store that we were in so i figured okay they must have had some kind of you know, uh, vandalism or break in or something. And I thought, wow, it's a little unusual to see this guy looking so intimidating. And he kind of motioned us over and he said, do you know who I am? And I said, no. And he said, I'm the fashion police. Needless to say, I doubled over. It was hysterical. But he proved his point. He was there to be intimidated, and I mean intimidating, and he was. And he did his job. He was dressed for success. He was dressed the way he wanted the, the public to view him. That was the outcome, that he had a job to do, and he was exactly where he should be, wearing what he should be wearing, and behaving the way he was supposed to be, be- behaving. So needless to say... It was a success story all around. We got a good giggle out of it, but in all honesty, we understood what his position was and what his job was. And it reminded me of Ephesians 6:11. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 talks about putting on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil, the tricks and strategies of the devil. And then it goes on to say, put on the armor of God. And in the armor of God, it says, put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the gospel shoes of peace, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, above all, taking on the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and then praying in the spirit. Now, that is how, spiritually speaking, I think we dress for success. You don't wear an armor to a picnic. You wear an armor to battle. And when it said put on the armor of God, I believe the reason why God told us to put on the armor of God is to prepare for a battle whether we like it or not the bible talks about battle and the bible talks about satan and the weapons of warfare and how we must actually withstand the tricks and strategies of the devil in fact withstanding it's not the right word it's defeating the tricks and strategies put on the whole armor of god don't miss a piece don't miss the helmet of salvation Don't miss the breastplate of righteousness, right believing, right relationship with God. Don't miss the belt of truth. And what's the Bible? The truth, the truth of the word of God. Put on the gospel shoes of peace. Why? So you can tread over the devil's roughest territory and still have peace in your heart. And then it goes on to say the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. How important that is. Taking on the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts. You know, there was this commentator that I was reading that talked about the fiery darts, and it meant poison-tipped words, the way he talked about it, that we can quench the poison-tipped words, the fiery darts, the enemy's roughest territory, and that we can do it with success. And then, of course, praying in the Spirit so that we get God's response, God's answer, God's insight, God's innovation, really, so we get God on our team. First Timothy 6.12 says we fight the good fight of our faith. If we are fighting with the weapons of our warfare, not being carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We're not fighting in the flesh. We're fighting in the spirit. And the minute we start fighting in the spirit, what begins to happen? We get God on our team. We invite him into the battle and God is not a man that he should lie. And God is not a man that fails. And it says in second Corinthians 10, three through five, for we Walk in the flesh. You live in the world. You're in the world, but you're not of it. So it says, "Wherefore we walk in the flesh, we do not war or battle after the flesh. We battle with the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal or fleshly or in our mind. They're in the spirit. And they are for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Why? so that your thoughts don't run away with you when you're fighting the battle with the devil. We don't walk in the flesh. We are in the flesh. We are in the world. But we war, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. Our battle is with powers, principalities, rulers of darkness, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places is what the Bible said. And it reminded me how Satan walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. First Peter 5.8. Satan's walking around trying to entrap you, trying to trick you, trying to use his strategies to get you to get into fear, to speak the wrong words, to begin to speak out your defeat. You know, the Bible talks about perfect love casting out all fear. What's perfect love? The love of God. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So we can have a sound mind to operate with a sound effect when we are strategizing against the tricks of the devil. I remember a very funny yet poignant time when I was sitting watching a basketball game with a bunch of friends of mine where the guys were I'm not going to say their ages, but they were probably in their prime playing basketball a good 20 to 30 years prior. So needless to say, these were older gentlemen that still loved basketball, but needless to say, did not have the same capabilities they had when they were younger. But sometimes in the heat of the battle, they kind of thought they were still young enough to do things they did in their teens, when in fact, nope, they did not have it anymore. And it became sometimes a little bit of a, uh, let's just say, a wrestling match. And it got funny, and it got competitive, and it really was hilarious to watch. And they're all friends, and they all work together, and we all work together. But, you know, it's amazing when competitiveness starts tossing into the mix, how people start getting uh, stronger than they think they are. And then all of a sudden they think they're stronger than they really are. And then what do you have? You got a mess on your hands. Well, I remember one gentleman was in the heat of the battle and he decided to strategize with a friend of his. A friend of his by the name of Meadowlark Lemon from the Harlem Globetrotters and my friend convinced Meadowlark Lemon to dress for success to wear his basketball uniform from the Globetrotters and needless to say when this young man walked out on the team or walked out on the basketball court everybody's mouth dropped and while they were trying to pick teams and do pick up you know who's going to be on what team Uh, My friend said, I don't need any of you guys. I got my team. And he put his arm around Meadowlark Lemon. He had to stretch to get his arm even close to put it around Meadowlark Lemon. And the other team, needless to say, lost. And it was hilarious because the moment Meadowlark Lemon walked out on that basketball court, dressed for success in his Harlem Globetrotter uniform, whether they had even started the game or not, The game was already over. It was done. It was in defeat. They gave in to the victory, and they just played around for the rest of the the game, goofing off with Meadowlark Lemon. It's just like the Bible says, just like the, quote, fashion police said. We can go dressed for success. We can put on the armor of God, or we can just walk out over the devil's roughest territory and say, oh, whatever, whatever. I'll just, I'm not clothed in prayer. I'm not clothed in righteousness. Oh, I don't have the armor on today. Oh, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. And you know what? Satan is seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for people who are, let's just say, not prepared for battle. And I believe we can be that, as I'm going to say, sitting duck, unprepared for battle, not knowing what's out in front of us, or... We can start our day putting on the armor of God, and we can say, like Ephesians says in Ephesians 6, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to look for weapons of warfare out in the world. I'm going to get into the Spirit. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to put on my helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, gospel shoes of peace, Sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Oh, mercy. If I could say one thing to you, it is, you know how they say about the credit card company, don't leave home without it. Well, I'm going to say about the word of God, don't leave home without it and above all taking on the shield of faith so you can quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. So you can quench all those attacks where Satan, the Bible talks about this, quench the wiles of the devil. One of the words of wiles of the devil translates laying in wait. He is just sitting there waiting for you to put your guard down, put your armor down, put your thinking, put your prayer down, walk out in defeat using words of, oh, what's the devil going to do to me today? Or something like that. Oh, I'll never, I'll never be able to win this battle. And as you're doing that, Satan is laying in wait. He lies in wait, waiting to attack seeking the Bible says whom he may devour. You know, if our spiritual warfare were as consistent with God's word as Satan can be consistent with his assignment, I believe we can defeat the devil every time. So I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you that maybe you're walking around thinking, how am I going to take on this battle? How am I going to do this by myself? Well, here's my thought. If you get in the word of God, if you use the strategy of the Bible itself and you use what God has given to us as the weapon of our warfare, I don't believe we're in the battle by ourselves. Just like my friend invited Meadowlark Lemon into the battle and he was dressed for success and believe me, they won the game. Just like we can put that on as our armor and say, no, devil, I am clothed in righteousness. I've got the word of God. I will not be defeated. You will not do that to me. I believe that is our best defense against the devil to start the day. I love to start my day in prayer before I even really get out of bed. In fact, I I, I don't know when I've started my day without stopping and kind of before my feet hit the ground going into prayer first. And I believe that is my defense mechanism where I am defending myself with my invited guest in the battle, Father God through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And I believe that's why I have a better chance for outcome of success when I don't do it in the flesh. I don't do it in my humanness. In fact, one of the definitions of that is really interesting because it means the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It means governed by mere human nature and not by the Spirit of God. If we can get out of doing things in our mere human nature and switch over to doing things by the power and presence and Spirit of Almighty God, then I believe beyond any shadow of a doubt when we invite our new teammate in, always invite the Holy Spirit in, always invite Father God to handle the battle in the name of Jesus, then I believe that is the first strategy of the tricks and strategies of defeating the devil at his own game. And right now, I just pray that for you. I pray for God to give you a battle plan, a game plan, a trick and strategy against the devil himself as we pray in the spirit, as we read the word of God, then stop and ask the Holy Spirit to give us divine inside information, our spiritual extra teammate, if you will, and believe that God will give us direction every time. I pray that for you in every area in Jesus' name amen, amen, and amen. You know, many times I pick the topics uh, of this podcast based on things that people have asked me, and I got a question that said, when Jesus said it is finished, why do we still have to fight? Okay, Jesus' part was finished. He is not going to go to the cross again. He is not going to take 39 stripes on his back for our healing again, when Jesus did what he was doing and sent to do and accomplished by going to the cross, and when he was feeling, the, basically the way I interpret it is the last breath coming out of his body, in a sense, when he was seeing that what he was doing was complete He walked down the Via Dolorosa. He went to Golgotha. He took the stripes on his back. He was crucified. They put the spears into his body. And when he was hanging on the cross and when all of this whole total encounter was going on, when Jesus declared it is finished, it meant he did his part. Now that doesn't mean Satan was destroyed. It meant he was defeated. So Jesus did his part to defeat the devil. And until he comes back, With the the second return, when he comes back on a white horse, so to speak, splitting the sky, riding the horse of total victory, and now at that point, destroying the devil until that day when Satan is destroyed. He has been defeated by Jesus at the cross, and it is up to us to join our faith, our belief system our prayers with what Jesus has already done on the cross, then we get to appropriate the defeat that that Jesus already purchased for us at the cross. I hope that makes sense to you. Jesus went to the cross. He purchased our healing. He purchased our salvation, but it's up to us to receive it. It's like if you have a friend that goes to the grocery store and buys you all kinds of groceries, and your only job is to pick them up. The friend did their part. They picked the groceries. They paid for it. They had it already, but you have to go and receive it. So many times we we fail to recognize, I believe, that we do have a part to play. Yes, Satan has been defeated. Jesus did his part. Now, our part is to connect with Jesus' victory on the cross and not let Satan trick you out of believing that you have a right to what Jesus already did. Instead of going into agreement with Satan and his tricks and strategies, go into agreement with Jesus and the cross and see what happens. The other question I got was how do I know when I'm dealing how do I know if what I'm dealing with is a spiritual attack or just life? Well, I think life is full of spiritual attacks. I don't believe at any point in our life Satan's just going to say, "I'll take a vacation." It's it doesn't happen that way in my life certainly. So, I believe anything that's coming against your word of God, your knowledge of God, the will of God, what you know is your anointing, what you know is for you, what you know God has already prepared for you, what you know the Bible already says about you, then any attack to me, in my opinion, is a spiritual attack. Yes, life happens. Yes, it does. That's correct. As long as you're breathing, life is going to happen. However, The Bible says very clearly there are two forces, good and evil, Satan, the devil, the evil one who comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, and Father God who says every good and perfect gift that I've given you comes from Father above. So you've got A and B and not a whole lot in between. So if it's coming against you, against your calling, against everything God has done for you, then that to me is a spiritual attack. And you have every Bible right to defeat the devil at his game by saying, devil, it is written, and begin to quote the word of God by inviting the Holy Spirit into the battle and allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit can do. And much of that is inside what I call inside information, insight into a battle plan, a game plan, plan. but that is all done by faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. As you get in the word of God and build your faith, that is faith to come against the tricks and strategies of the devil, invite the Holy Spirit into battle with you and for you. And I believe that's when we see that attack begin to change. And I want to continue praying for you and let you know that the Bible is very clear. God said for, I know the plans I have for you. This is the book of Proverbs. They are for your good and not for evil. I pray right now for God to show you his plan, that it's a good plan. It's not an evil plan. You get hooked up with the plan of God and watch the devil go on the run. That's my prayer for you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. And I want to remind you of something that I believe with all my heart. Don't forget this part. I believe you're worth more than you think. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To connect with Lindsay on social media, follow her on Instagram at Lindsay Roberts Official. To get a copy of Lindsay's brand new book, Discover Your True Worth, simply search Discover Your True Worth on Amazon.com. We'll see you next week.